Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? It's so good to be with you this morning. Um, I will preface in the beginning of this that I am overcoming some kind of sickness. So if I'm struggling or if I have to stop to cough or whatever that looks like this morning, know that I am pushing through, but I am just so excited and honored to be here with you this morning. Uh, First off, I just want to say I'm just so grateful for your pastors who happen to be my parents, um, just for their leadership and their heart for this church. Can we go ahead and give it up for them this morning? They truly are dedicated to this church, to you guys, um, and I get to see that, I get a front row seat to that um, on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays when they're coming up to the church for different reasons and working on the landscape and scheduling all the things and talking about how much they just love you guys and truly care for their congregation. So just know that you guys really do have some of the best leaders that really do love you and pray for you um, and that they will walk this journey with you. So um, like my mom said, um, uh, I'm her favorite. Well, she didn't say that, but she was trying to. Um, I am her middle daughter, and I am also a mother of three. They were here this morning. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, and life is definitely full. Um, And then this May, actually next week, I am celebrating with my husband our eighth year anniversary, uh, which is awesome. God's been so good to us. Um, But it was early in our marriage, actually, that we got to learn the lesson of For Better, For Worse, for rich or for poor, uh, really, um, and in sickness and in health. It was very early on in our marriage. In fact, so early, it was in our honeymoon that we had our very first sickness and in health test, if you will. Uh, My husband and I, at the time we lived in Ohio, we flew to Florida to take a couple day cruise after our wedding, and we had never been on a cruise. Raise your hand if you've been on a cruise. You just know that these things, you just need to get away, sail the seas, relax, and we were just so excited about this this five-day cruise that we were going to spend together, Um, and we, we get on the cruise, and we're on day one, and everything's going great. I mean, the the skies are beautiful, the food's great, everything is just like magical, you know, as it should be for your honeymoon. Well, day two comes around of our honeymoon cruise, and my husband is on the top deck of the ship with me, and we're talking, and I'm like, hey, like, I'm going to go down, I'm going to start getting ready for dinner, Um, you know, meet me down there in a little bit. Well, as I'm downstairs in the cabin, I get a knock on the door. And I open the door, and someone says, are you the wife of Ryan Flanagan? And I was like, yes, but scared because I had not known at this point what had happened, what was going on. They said, well, ma'am, your husband is in the emergency room on the ship. He is torn something in his knee, and we need you to come down here as soon as possible. And so I rushed down. My husband had torn his patellar tendon on the second day of our cruise. At this point, I think we were like in Mexico or something. And we were stuck on the cruise for the rest of our honeymoon. All of you probably feel so bad for me right now. Um, 
he keeps telling me, year 10, I'll make it up, year 10, I'll make it up. But the reality was it, was, it was so frustrating because we were on this cruise. We were so excited to do the excursions. We were so excited to sail, get off this cruise ship, go check out the local beaches, do all this fun stuff. And we were stuck. And so we would watch people exit the ship and we were just feeling so stuck and so frustrated. And in that moment, I realized, man, it stinks when you get stuck. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. That is the title of my message today. Because here's the thing, I believe that we serve a God of movement. In fact, in Psalms, it, set, it states that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. We often see God taking us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. We often can even identify what God is doing in our lives when we see movement in our lives. But what happens when we find ourselves stuck? And I don't know about you, but in my walk with the Lord, I have found myself several times getting stuck in different circumstances that I have faced in my life, stuck in my past, stuck in discontentment, stuck in unanswered prayers, stuck in frustration or offense. And I believe that one of the easiest ways that the enemy can get us out of our race and keep us from the promises and the fulfillment of God's plan for our life is by getting us stuck. In Romans 5, 3, and 4, it states that our sufferings were intended to produce perseverance character, and hope. And if you're finding yourself in this room today, or maybe you've been in a season where you've been finding yourself stuck, maybe you're not producing that perseverance or character or hope, well then one might say to you this morning that the storms of life are taking you out. So my question to you this morning is, how are you responding to the storms of life? My husband and I, we are not from Florida. Uh, we've actually only been here from, for three years. Is anybody else from the north in the room today? So, okay. So we moved here during 2020, and um, everything about Florida was shocking to us. We had visited a few times, but never really got to understand Florida, the bugs, the snakes, it, the lizards, just lizards everywhere all the time. Um, we were just so shocked by all these little quirks about Florida. But one of the main things that was shocking to us is that we had never been through a hurricane. And in Ohio, we experienced a lot of tornadoes. So, but normally there were there was it was never that extreme. It was just a tornado warning, and you would just you know you hunker down for a minute. But hurricanes were a new concept for me and my family as northerners who had moved here to Florida. And so we we just went through our the our most serious hurricane this last year. And the reason we knew it was serious is because they began to cancel things. And so I began to get emails from my son's school letting us know that we would be closed for the entire week. I began to get emails from my job and from my husband's job stating that they were going to close down for the week. And so 
my husband and I, we were like looking kind of around to Floridians to let us know what we should do to prepare for these hurricanes. And it was so interesting to me because depending on who you talk to, would depend on the response that you would get. And so some of the conversations I would have with someone who has lived here, they would say, oh, honey, don't even worry about it. Go to Sam's Club, get some snacks. You guys are going to watch movies in your living room. You get to camp out. all." And I was like, this is amazing. I love hurricane season. Um, so, so we would often talk to people, you know, that gave us that kind of advice. But then we would have these phone calls with other people and we'd say, you know, how do we prepare for this storm? And they would say, oh, you need to fill your tub with water. You need to have a generator. You need to make sure that you have cans of food stocked up in your in your garage and, in, and, and all these things where I was like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Are we, are, are we going to be okay? Um, but it was so interesting because what I realized through talking to different people is that the planners or the people that were going into the storm a little bit more prepared had been through storms in their past that took something from them. They had been through a storm. They had been through a hurricane. They had been through something in life that made them a little bit more prepared. And I think that oftentimes when we go through things in life, it sets us up to be prepared for the next storm. When we go through hardships in life, it sets us up to be a little bit more prepared for the next thing that we have to conquer in our lives. What we experience in life oft often shapes how we respond to those storms of life. And how we respond to the storms of life determines if we go through it or if we grow through it. God does not intend for us in our life just to go through hardships. He has actually called us to grow through those hardships. And what we go through not only affects how we respond to things in life, but it also plays a role in how we see God. Because the truth is, is that if we don't see God for who he really is, we will assume as God's people that every time we face a hardship, that every time we, we go through something that's hard, that we are forgotten, that we are not enough, that God doesn't care about our needs, that God doesn't see us. And the problem with this is that we already know, according to God's word, that there is going to be suffering in our life. Raise your hand if you've ever suffered in your life. You've been through some things. You've walked through some hardships. There's going to be storms. In fact, over and over in scripture, we see people who are in proximity to Jesus who are experiencing these mountaintop moments, but these moments in the valley as well. In 1 Peter 4, 1, Peter is speaking to the church and he says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. My friends, we are going to go through sufferings. In Romans 8 and 18, Paul is speaking to Christians and he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Again, it's confirming that we are going to encounter hardships in our walk with the Lord. So if it's not a matter 
of hard times happening in our lives, it looks like we need to learn how to get through those seasons and not get stuck every time opposition comes in our life, not get stuck every time we have to go through a tough, se- a tough season. I just want Grace Church to be known as a people who are able to weather storms, that people that are going to this church are strong in their foundation of who God has called them to be. In the book of Exodus, chapter 15, we see that Israel was led out of Egypt by Moses after hundreds of years of slavery, only by chapter 16 to find themselves stuck In chapter 15, if you read through the text, they are saying things like, glory be to God, you have delivered us, you are our Lord, look what you have done, you are faithful. But by chapter 16, they are are groaning, they are complaining, and they are saying, God, where are you? The thing is, is that God had promised Israelites victory. In fact, the land that he was telling them to go and take was already theirs. They simply had to trust and obey. Their failure to believe in God's word is what kept them from entering that promised land. And so an 11-day journey is now a 40-year journey because they got stuck And you may say to me this morning, well, technically they weren't stuck because they were moving from city to city and from mountain to mountain and they were going from place to place. But I want to remind you this morning that just because you have motion doesn't mean you're walking in obedience. I want to remind you this morning that God is not just looking for movement in our lives. He's looking for obedience in our lives. And so we may do all the right things and we may check all the right boxes and we might come to all the Bible studies and we might spend time with the Lord, but I want to remind you today that God is looking for that real obedience from our hearts this morning. Their struggles, their fears, their disobedience is what left them stuck. And I just wonder how many of us in this room are in this place of life where we're wondering why we haven't seen the promises and the fulfillment that we believe God has placed on our lives and how we have found ourselves stuck. I wonder how many of us have maybe missed out on some of our inheritance because we have found ourselves stuck. So this morning, I want to just take the next few moments, and I have five key things I want to talk to you about, five things to do when you find yourself stuck. Are you still with me this morning? Amen. All right, well, number one, Don't get stuck in your struggle. It is not who you are. Number one, things to do when you are finding yourself stuck. Don't get stuck in your struggle. Remind yourself that your struggle is not who you are. I am here today to remind you that what has happened to you is not who you are. So many of us have spent so many years of our lives living from a place of what has happened to us and not accepting that new identity that God has tried to give us and allow us to walk in. 
the Israelites were taken out of slavery, but they weren't free from that slavery mentality. And so their approach to the wilderness was this, this mindset of being bound to themselves, really, and not accepting their freedom in Jesus Christ. And the reality is, is that you can either operate in what's yours, or you can let the enemy rob you by getting stuck in your past. All of us in this room have a past. All of us in this room have made choices that we regret. All of us have walked through tough seasons of our life, but those seasons can't mark our future. Those seasons, those struggles, those past things that we have had to overcome, that is not who we are today. And God is calling us to walk in that new identity. Number two, don't get stuck, get strong. Psalms 92.12 says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Now, again, I'm not from Florida, but I read this scripture and I had just been researching on palm trees and just trying to really understand the difference and why palm trees are here in Florida and how that kind of goes with the, they're, they're really built to withstand storms. And they're super resilient. They're super flexible. And I don't know about you, but I have seen palm trees in a windy storm literally bend almost close to the ground where it's almost touching. But when the wind stops, that palm tree almost stands right back up. And what's interesting as I was researching about palm trees is that I came across uh, this research that says that palm trees, when they're hunched over under the pressure of the storm, they're actually becoming stronger. So as they're bending and as they're moving in the wind of the storms that are coming their way, they're actually getting stronger and they're created there to withstand the storm. And I just believe that over this church today. That God has maybe had you in a season where you feel like you've been hunched over. You feel like things have been trying to just take you out, just ruin your confidence in who God's called you to be. Maybe it just the, the pressures of life feel so heavy and you feel hunched over. But maybe even when you feel hunched over, God looks at you and he knows that you are getting stronger under that pressure. Number three, don't get stuck get perspective. I think a lot of us, when we're waiting for God to answer our prayers, some of us see slow as no. I know there's probably people in here that have been believing for the salvation of your loved ones, who have really been contending for certain things in your life that you believe that God is going to do for your family. And just because it hasn't happened, sometimes we just say, well, maybe maybe God doesn't hear me. Maybe God doesn't see me. Maybe God's not going to answer that prayer. I want to remind you that slow does not mean no. If God isn't changing your circumstance today, maybe it's because he wants to continue to change you. If God isn't changing your circumstance, he is in the process of changing you. He is making you stronger. He is pulling you closer to him. He is helping you to walk out this faith journey. And I think often we stay zoomed in on moments where we don't see God, but it's very important that we take a step back and we look at the full picture of what God is trying to do in our lives. 
In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Don't get stuck. Get perspective. In 2020, my husband and I moved here weeks before the pandemic, literally weeks before the world shut down. And it was such a hard season for me, for my family. We had been in ministry together for seven years, going nonstop, really at a pace that was probably unhealthy for most. We were building our family. We were working at churches, and we just had been going, 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 and really didn't take a step back to breathe and and to focus on our family and to focus on resting. And how many know that rest is so important in your relationship with the Lord? And so when we showed up here in 2020, we just felt burned burnt out. We just felt, man, we, we, we knew we needed a season of just rest, focusing on our kids, focusing on our marriage, focusing on our future, and taking a step back to say, God, what do you want to do? But during that year, we had kind of stepped out in faith to move to Florida to, you know, go to church and, and work and do all these things. Well, then in weeks, the world shuts down. And everything that we felt like God called us here to Florida to move us here for, it felt really murky. It felt really scary. It felt like, God, why would you move us here and then shut the world down? Now now we don't have jobs like we thought we would. We, we don't know what our next step is. And it felt like everything was just a door shut, another door shut. Every job opportunity, another door shut. Every church opportunity, another door shut. And we just kept thinking, God, what are you doing in this moment? moment. But it was important that our family in that moment gained perspective and realized that God, no, wasn't changing our circumstances, but what he was doing was a deep work in my family's life. Things weren't changing on the external. Doors weren't opening left and right for us to be able to do what we felt like we wanted to do here. But we had to realize is that God used that season to heal us. God used that season to strengthen us. God used that season to pull things out of us that we didn't even know were there. So I want to remind you this morning, when you feel stuck and you don't see God's hand or you don't feel like things are moving, don't just get stuck Get perspective. Ask God, what are you doing in this season? Number four, don't get stuck. Get ready for what's next. I want to remind you today that how you handle what you have now will determine what you have next in your life. You may be stuck, but God is actually preparing you for the next chapter. You may be going through hard times or a hard season in your life, but God is using this to be the foundation of the next season that you're about to step in. I want to remind you that what you sow in this season is what you will reap in the next season. And so sometimes we feel stuck, but God is actually using that as a season to prepare us for what he has next in our lives. Mom, if you want to go ahead and come up for this last point. My last point today is don't get stuck because generations are depending on you. I think we often look at our walk with the Lord and we assume that it's just for us. 
we assume that it's just because God wants us to walk a certain path or do certain things. And, and, and the reality is, is that your yes has so much to do with the generations behind you. And it made me think about my grandmother this weekend as I reflected on Mother's Day. Um, and some of you may have even met her. She just passed away in the last few years, but she would come, um, you know, when it was cold and spend some time here with me and my mom. And I often look at my grandmother's life who literally poverty doesn't even poverty doesn't even explain what she experienced in her life. Like the true definition of poverty is what my grandmother walked through in her life. And we often had conversations where she would let me know that she would only have one pair of shoes for years at a time. And then maybe someone would give her another pair. And she would talk about times where people would make fun of her for not having anything in her life because she was just so poor and, and, and just lived on a farm and just all of the things that she had to encounter because of the poverty that she walked in. And then as she got older, she told me about all the hardship that she had to walk in her life to protect her kids and to have a family and how she just continued to go to church no matter what. And she just, she had all these things, all these really negative things happen to her in her life, but she just kept showing up. And as I pondered, on this last point, I realized that my yes and my future had so much to do with my grandmother's yes and her commitment to the local church. And I realized that as my grandma said yes, she then poured into my mom and my, then my mom said yes. And if you don't know her story, she's weathered so many storms, so many things that have, should have taken her out so many things that should have pulled her down, that should have kept her out of the house of God, that should have made her lose faith. But she said, I am going to stand on a firm foundation. I'm going to raise my children in the house of God. And even when they don't live it out, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to believe for them. I'm going to walk this faith walk out. And because of her yes, then it led to my yes. And I often think, what if they would have got stuck? What if they would have thrown in the towel? What if they would have said, God, this life is too hard. The things that I've encountered are too hard. These storms are too heavy. Life and, and what I've been dealt is too much. And I just want to get stuck and I just want to give up. Where would I be today if my, my, my mom or my grandmother would have got stuck? I want to remind you today that your walk with the Lord that what God has called you to is about the next generation behind you. You are setting their foundation for their future. And when I look at my daughter, Harlow, and, and my other kids as well, but especially my daughter, and I look into her big brown eyes, I realize that I have a responsibility to walk this out. I have a responsibility of obedience to Jesus. I have a responsibility of faithfulness and, and, and just continuing on the journey of, of saying yes to Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter the storm, no matter the hardship. If I could, I'd just like to pray over each and every one of you today as we take this word with us today.
And if you feel stuck in this room, if you feel like, man, I, as you were talking through those points, you know, I, maybe I need perspective. Maybe, maybe I need to realize that I'm in preparation. Maybe I need to realize that generations are depending on me today. I want to pray over you this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, I thank you that you love us enough to bring us this word today that we would not get stuck in the storms of life. God, we know that life is hard. God, we know that there's so much opposition. God, we know that there's so many things that all of us have been through in this room this morning. But Jesus, I pray that you would strengthen each and every person that is in this room today. God, that you would just help them to take the next step forward. And God, when life feels so heavy, God, when things feel too tough, God, when we feel overwhelmed by unanswered prayers, Lord Jesus, I just pray that we would cling to who you are. God, that we would be reminded that you are faithful and that you are true and that you love us and that you have a plan for our future. Jesus, we love you today, God. And I just pray that if we are finding ourselves stuck in any areas of our lives, God, that you would reveal that to us this morning, God. We want to live a life of obedience, God. We want to surrender everything to you today, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.